Well, she's been pretty busy the past 24-plus hours. Uh, not only was she uh, hanging out and helping deliver food boxes with the U.S. Department of Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue and uh, Congressman, um, she also helps with Boys and Girls Club and was also last night part of the Springfield District 186 School Board meeting where uh, things got a little heated in talking about how the district can get back to a hybrid model of some in-person and remote learning. Uh, Tiffany Mathis joins us with WMAY to stay informed and keeping us connected. Good morning, Tiffany. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Not too shabby. And Chris Murphy in the newsroom standing by as well. And he's been playing a clip all morning in the news that I want to get your reaction to. Uh, so let me, uh, I don't know, Chris, if you want to pull that up, the uh, 186 metrics number one. Yes, uh, and then, there it is right here. And then it's disappointed that people are going to have the opportunity to return to in-person learning. Considering people's safety. Those that want to stay home will stay home. People die over the past week. A female in her 60s, a male in his 50s. And, and you can roll your eyes, but those could be our teachers. They could be our parents. First question, did you actually roll your eyes, Tiffany? No. So actually, I was in my office at Boys and Girls Club, and I have like a, a, a TV screen above, like across the room where I can see a camera because we've got cameras all over our building. Um, and I was looking because it looked like somebody was coming in the door, but it was our maintenance gentleman that was cleaning in the evening. So I was looking up, but of course, the glare of my glasses also, I'm 37 years old and have birthed three children, so I can move my eyes anywhere I want. Just, you know, want to put that out there. <laughs> I didn't know we were, like, policing eye movement. Well, and, uh, and I wanted to play that to get your reaction to, you know, he, the the other school board member uh, talked about how, you know, there was a 50-year-old person and a 60-year-old person that passed away from this. I don't know those individuals' conditions. I don't know if they had other comorbidities or anything along those lines. And they weren't associated with the school district, were they? Not to my knowledge. And also, that's my whole thing. Let's stick to the facts of why we're meeting, though. I'm not ever going to dispute that, you know, coronavirus is very real, that people are, have passed away, folks are losing loved ones. That, that is not part of any motivation of mine. What I am on the school board to do is represent the constituents who asked for an in-person option, period. Um, I am not a doctor. I don't claim to be. But clearly doctors from Illinois Department of Public Health and certified professionals from Illinois State Board of Education came together and made a phase four document for how schools could reopen in 2020-21 school year. So we, when we had that board meeting a couple months ago, when that document was presented as to, hey, this is how we can move forward to provide some options for parents who are wanting their kids in person, as we were really supposed to be always prioritizing in-person learning for 13, for anyone 13 and younger, um, special needs students, um, you know, students with IEPs, 504 plans, and our youngest learners. That's like in the document that we decided not to follow and go, hey, we're going to go remote, right? Um, right, because originally it was to we, have a hybrid model. Yeah. Uh, that was the case for a couple of weeks, and then you guys had an emergency meeting, came back, and uh, the majority of the right. board voted to reverse that. Right, and the thing was, we, ever, we never actually needed to vote on whether parents could register hybrid or remote. The Illinois State Board of Education required all school districts to come up with a plan for both options. Mm -hmm. That was always supposed to happen. That wasn't something that we came up with. That was in in the guidance. 
So, so, so ultimately, uh, we're talking with Tiffany Mathis uh, from the Springfield District 186 School Board, uh, the largest district in Sangamon County, of course. Uh, but other districts are doing uh, the hybrid; have been doing it for you know since the beginning of school, even with outbreaks here and there. They come in and clean up and whatnot and quarantine people. Right. Um, so, uh, what what do we have now in front of us, and where do we get these metrics? The five percent threshold, and how do you square that with? Uh, you know, the, the 8% threshold the governor uses to, to shut down bars and restaurants in various regions. Was there any medical uh, experts present last night giving you guys the, the rundown of why you use the 5% or why the 50 per 100,000 or any of the other uh, uh, numbers? No, not. There wasn't a medical professional present, but I know I want to say maybe a board meeting or two ago. Um, I know board members had brought up like, hey, we'd really like some more guidance for like local um, to guide our school district and what would those metrics look like for schools versus kind of how the state's being governed and how the regions are being governed. Um, I know they wanted more information. So I believe that Illinois Department of Public Health came out with, hey, so county by county, here's some guidance that schools can kind of use to follow a model that they can use. And it's actually specific to that. So um, what's listed on there, there's like four different metrics um, you know, one's the percentage of positivity rate metric. One is like new cases per 100,000. And each each one of the metrics, because there's four areas, all have like a, you know, a minimal, moderate, um, and then a, a higher threshold to say, hey, that, you know, that there's an issue, there's been an increase. So um, I think that we felt more comfortable, like, okay, hey, so here's something more specific that schools can use as, as a guidance. But again, when we were first talking about we're going to go full remote, my pushback to that meeting was, hey, but we have to give parents something so that they can be watching to figure out what does the level have to be at in order for us to return. Because, again, the positivity rate for the state in their different regions drives the phase that we're in. And we're currently in phase four, which my point always has been phase four is the best that we can hope for until there's a phase five, which isn't even projected until maybe this time next year from what we've been hearing. So if in phase four, we're still not having in-person learning, you need to either tell parents we're going to be full remote for the rest of the school year so they can plan for their lives, or we need to give them metrics like we would so that people know when it's below 20, below zero wind chill factor, we're not going to have school that day. We know that kind of information so that parents can plan for their lives. Are, but so, are, but are know, these numbers attainable um, with what we've seen uh, so far? It, like, you know, the, the 50 um, per 100,000 or the, the 5% threshold, are they attainable for two weeks? Well, you know, last night I did bring up that I wanted to increase that uh, 50 per 100,000 to 100 per 100,000 because I think that of all four of those metrics, I think that that is the one that's going to fluctuate like crazy depending upon, you know, we saw that there was a backlog issue a couple weeks ago, which then kicked all the numbers up because I don't think they went back and spread those cases throughout the previous weeks that they would have been accounted for in. So I I find that one metric kind of problematic just from a – I think it could be the one that's affected the most all of the time, just fluctuates up and down. The other ones, I mean, we're at what, three – 3.9% 3.9% or sure. something as of yesterday. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that 5% is, is fair and, and attainable. I think that of all four of them, though, that one would be the one I think fluctuates too much. Yeah, I've, I've got to ask this as well. Uh, you know, yeah. when I talked with you a couple of weeks ago, and even today, you reiterated, you know, your constituents are the parents who want their kids to have a quality education that's guaranteed in the state constitution. Uh, you've yeah. been hearing from those parents, not just from the survey that was done that had like you know, but sixty percent or something looking to have some kind of hybrid uh, instruction, um, but. It, 
who else are you, who else is putting the pressure on you and other school board members from your understanding? Uh, is there other well, uh, you know uh, special interest groups uh, that are uh, that are putting the pressure on? No, not really. I, I sincerely get phone calls from teachers and parents alike that are teachers saying, "Hey, you know, I want to be back in the classroom. My students, this remote learning is not working for me. It's very difficult. I'm frustrated." Um, I've got parents that are saying, hey, you know, I've had to quit my job because I have to stay home or, you know, I've got two and three kids are going to different schools because they're in different age groups. I can't keep up with this. Um, people are tired of the troubleshooting issues with the IT stuff. It's a lot. So, so, you, so you're getting you're getting uh, pushback to have that hybrid uh, yes. from teachers and parents. Yes, because teachers are parents, too, though. Right. Because you've got teachers who are like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get through my remote learning day and keep my kids on task God, in their class. I can't even imagine. That. I can't even imagine that. And then you've got parents and, <sighs> and, you know, people who are doing like smaller pods, very similar to what we're doing here at Boys and Girls Club. Right. Also then emailing teachers like, hey, we're having a hard time getting into this Zoom that's, or, hey, we got kicked off. Those smaller teachers, pods are happening all across the state, too. Uh, oh, like absolutely. They are. Perfect, perfect transition, by the way. I was going to keep you past the break, but uh, we'll just go ahead and delve into this now. Uh, Tiffany Mathis joins us with WMAY at 852 Boys and Girls Club. It's what you do for the daytime. Uh, Tell us how we can get involved there, how the community can continue to support the Boys and Girls Club uh, and make it thrive and uh, provide those awesome opportunities that I know I took advantage of down in the St. Louis area when I was growing up. Yeah, so I became CEO here at Boys and Girls Club in January, and then obviously the pandemic happened. It's been quite crazy. But during that time when we were not serving students in person, you know, the team here just worked to pivot and figure out how can we stay involved in the community and make sure people are getting what they need because many of us see the Boys and Girls Club as more than a club but a community resource. Um, So that's where we partnered with Central Illinois Food Bank to do our food distributions that happen Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, They begin at 1130. So we do that during the week. And we've also, you know, watching whatever was going to happen with the school district while also keeping in mind that, you know, positivity rates could have gone up to a point that pushed us back a phase potentially. So we knew that we needed to make sure we had supports in place for remote learning based off of what we already knew happened in the spring. So uh, we have nine locations in total. We have our main site here on 15th Street, and we're supporting about 65 to 75 remote learners daily here. And then we have uh, eight school-based sites that all have up to 15 students um, enrolled for a full-day program there as well to help support them through their remote learning day. So when it comes to how the community can get involved, we're always looking for volunteers to help us continue with our food distribution efforts. Um, we're always looking for you know corporate sponsors, donors who want to continue to support the club so that we can keep our uh, fees low here for families. Currently, right now at our central unit location, we only charge $40 for the whole school year. Um, and we're working to make sure that that continues to happen and that we don't have to move to like a weekly fee based model because it's expensive to run a location. Yeah, no question. Um, Tiffany, that's all know, the we, time we've yeah, got today. Yeah, uh, well, let's connect again in the future. Always enjoy talking to you. Tiffany Mathis with the District 186 School Board, but also with Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? Thank you. Yep.